Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Hey, this is Pastor Ricky Temple. I'm excited about this study we're about to do today. It's called When God's People Dream. This is closing out a series on dreams that I think has been wonderful to share with you. And it has really inspired me. And I believe certain things have come clear to me. One is that when God's people dream, great things happen. So sit back and enjoy this study. It's going to help you pull together a new ability to dream and imagine a new future. Enjoy. This week, I want to talk about when a group dreams. So your personal dream, God's dream, and the group dream. Those are the three that I'm talking about this month. I believe something significant happens in your life when you get a group to dream. When God's people gather around an idea, something profound happens. And the question I have for you is, what impact your dream has on the world around you? How does it affect you? How does it affect your family? How does it affect the next generation? I believe your dream affects a lot around you, your staff, what you dream, what you think, what you see. It's amazing how your kids are going to reflect it. You are a light to them. And you cannot be hidden. What you dream shines in their eyes. What you do inspires them to be hungry for God, hungry for a future, or or it makes them think that life is about sitting around hoping things work out for me. That's a huge mistake. That is a huge mistake. People who justify robbery and stealing oftentimes justify, well, I've got to make it. You do? Or I've got to make it. People steal at all levels of society. And what's interesting to me is They don't understand sometimes that in life, when you do that, you affect everything around you. Everything around you is impacted by your choices. Jesus said it this way. If you look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. Think about that. A light that's set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Think about that for a second. You were made to shine. Now, most people, when they read this verse, they think this verse is all about being good. This little light of, I'm going to let it, right? Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. And the the focus of the text in most people's mind is, be good, don't be bad, shine. It goes on in verse 15, says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bushel in the King James Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light, watch this now, to everyone in the house. Remember, he says, you are light, and you give light to everyone in the house. Amazing. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may what? See your good deeds. So you notice, your light impacts how other people respond. They see your good works, and then they glorify your Father in heaven. It's amazing how what you do can inspire somebody else to do something different. You can be an incredible inspiration. So there are three things, three things that God's people were created to dream, in my opinion. 
Number one, they were created to dream of being a light. That's a dream. That's your, you, should, you should dream that. God, Jesus said it. You're a light, so dream to be it. Secondly, he says, you were created to dream of being influential. Lights shine on everyone in the house. The whole house is influenced by what they do. And they were created to dream of modeling good deeds and choices. You show people how to make good deeds and good choices. They should look at you and say, that's how you live, people. That's how you manage your money. That's how you live. That's how you manage your love life. That's how you manage strife. That's how you handle a job that's difficult. They should look at you and learn from those experiences. In my lifetime, though, I have learned that there are signs that people have stopped dreaming. I am concerned in myself and in you that we as a group can stop dreaming. It can all be about coming in this room and gathering. It can all be about one thing, sitting in the chair, hearing a sermon, and going home. I've done my job, you've done your job, and yay for us. But we're not a movement. We're not impacting a community. We're not making a difference. We are not influencing change. We're just here. And I don't know why churches want to exist or why any group wants to exist or why your family would want to exist if all you do is exist. Where, where, where can you make a significant difference that shines light to the world around you? Look at these next five observations I've made. I call these signs you stop dreaming. The first sign is when you no longer have the lighting capacity to guide others. When you no longer have the capacity to, into, to shine and influence others, something's happened to your dream. What about you is bright? What about you makes people blink with excitement? What about your life? I mean, just, just pause for a second. You know, this will impact how you talk, too, by the way. When people talk to you, what do you talk about? I mean, what, 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 why should people listen to you? Why? Why, why should they interact with you? That, this is why I want you to, I want you to see. Jesus said, no, you are made to be a light. I think some of you are short of your dream. You have lowered your potential and your expectations. You don't expect much from yourself or from life. What I think we do wrong is we expect stuff from other people. I don't, this is what, listen to me, listen to me carefully. I don't expect anybody to make me a light. I don't expect anybody to give me money. I don't expect anybody, anybody, anybody to carry me. I don't expect that. I expect to be such a dynamic person that shines so bright that people want to be in my life. I want something, I want, to, oh, I want to make changes in my life. This is my prayer right now. I want to look in the mirror, and I want to be the person I dreamed to be. I, and I want that fact to be a bright light. My prayer is, God, when people talk to me, when people hear me, they don't hear a negative, fearful, scary person. They feel something. I want people to feel something. When I preach, I want people to feel something. I want them to go, what, what is he going to say next? I'll, I'll, but, but that doesn't happen if there's, not nothing, if there's nothing happening in me. You see, I'm a light to this church, set up on the pulpit to shine. I want uh, my prayer. Do you hear me? I pray. I dream. I pray. I want that to happen in my life. What is your prayer? What is your dream? Have you settled for existing? Or have you said, you know, God, I want the capacity to guide people. I want a word when people need a word. I want, I, want to, I want to have that special word or message so that I can affect my family, my cousins, my nephews, my nieces, 
But when you don't dream, you can't affect the world around you. Secondly, your deeds and choices are no longer inspirational. What you do doesn't inspire people to go back to school, serve God, change their life. When people think of change, do they think of you? Are you the one that they say, I want to be like that? There are people in my mind that I think about, I want to be like that. I'll name one. Bishop Charles Blake is one of the humblest men you want to meet in the world. God knows he is. Honest to God, that man, who is the, he is the, he is the presiding bishop of the Church of God in Christ. And then we're really good friends. I'm telling you, and I admire him so. He can, he can brag. Trust me. Trust me. He's got grounds to lay down, but he does not. He does not. He never has. And so when I'm with him, like I was a few weeks ago, and we were there for like four or five days hanging out and went to, the, went to their conference, I'm telling you, he's incredible. He's humble, strong, but humble. You know what I say to myself? How can I be arrogant? His deeds inspire me. His deeds motivate me to be humble. He makes me think about what I say. I can't, how am I going to brag? You need to surround yourself with people who inspire you. People who dream do that. They look for people like that. But when you stop dreaming, you stop inspiring. Another thing I noticed, you move from being a dreamer, dream, watch this, you move from what I call being a dream-to-build person to a dream-to-manage person. You live like this. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Have you heard of that saying before? Young people, you got one bird in your hand, right? Two birds in the bush. You want the two birds or the one bird? Two birds. So what you do is you let the one bird go, reach for the two birds, and all the birds leave. So you, 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 that old saying, basically was saying, hold on to the bird. I get that. There's a place where you should hold on to the bird. But all of your life, are you going to hold on to the bird and have a dead bird in your hand? People who don't dream live just to manage what they have. They're not thinking about building anything. When a family lives like that, all we're going to do is go to work out every day. All we're going to do is just kind of exist and hope we make it. We live simply for one reason. We live to exist. That's sad. You become afraid, fourthly, of change and new energy-demanding goals. Anything that requires energy, we don't want to deal with that. That's why young people turn us off. Because young people demand energy. Young people demand, 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 demand movement. That's why a lot of people, when they ask me, a lot of pastors say, how do you get 1,000 young people in your church? I say, well, you're too tired. You have to do something. You got to be have to be able to move. You you're too tired. And and if you if you're if you're not careful, when you become like that, any idea of, of doing something hard, you you push away. You stop dreaming because it demands too much energy. You also become afraid of losing things. Your job, oh, you're so afraid they'll fire you. You just stay up all night, nervous. They, they'll fire you. Where did you work before you worked at this job? You're so afraid of a relationship ending, and they will never call me again. Well, if they're going to leave, what are you going to do? Hold them? That's called kidnapping. <laughs> I, if I can't hold on to this position, if all of you get together and say, and, and our church is structured this way, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a position. I can, I can lose my job. I could be fired. The bylaws. I, the reason I did that, the reason that some people don't, but I, the reason, because I, I don't want to stay if you don't want me. Y'all get together and say, we're we, we tired of him. 
the council members, you know, y'all get together and say, what can I say? I mean, I, you may say, you're kidding. No. I, what can I do? I'll do something else. But I left it so you could because I don't want to be, and, and there, was, there was, you know, there's that moment when you could have fixed it where you couldn't be, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't do that on purpose because I don't want to be here if you don't want me here. Stop worrying about losing something. He who seeks to save his life will lose it. There's something about just living in this constant state of fear that stops you from dreaming anything else. You're always worried. Are you saying don't care? No, I'm saying try. Try to preserve your relationships. Try to keep your job. I'm saying those things are great. But do not allow yourself to stop dreaming of life beyond it. Come on, there's life beyond this. There's life beyond this. It, 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 listen, I, I, I mean this with all my heart. There are just times in your life when you're spending too much energy, too much effort. Your dreaming has stopped, and that's one of the signs. Worried about all this. Praying about it. I used to get so mad with God when it rained on Sundays. One time I was praying, you know, God, if you could just stop the rain on Sundays. Church goes down by 50%. Offering goes down. If you could just hold the rain to after church, it'd be great. And I never will forget what came to my mind one time. I am the God of the rainy day. I'm still God when it rains. Nothing's changed because your circumstances change. He's still God. He's still able. Come on, say amen. Are you hearing me? He's still able. You're, you have to pause and say, what has happened to my dream? There are signs that you're starting to dream again. And I close with this. This is a guy that I wanted to highlight because his life is the start of a new dream. He's 80 years old. How old is he? His name is Moses. He had a life before this life he's in now in Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus chapter, chapter 1 and 2, he's, the, he's the, the guy that grew up in Pharaoh's house. He was adopted by Pharaoh. He grew up in Pharaoh's house and now... This, this guy at 40 years old in chapter 1 and 2 of Exodus makes this huge mistake and he kills a guy and has to run for his life and, he, and he's now a fugitive and so now he's lost his past life. Can you relate to that? You know, you had a life before this life, your previous husband, your previous boyfriend, your previous, remember? Hey, you there with me? Come on, people. You remember the past life, the one when people ask you about where you used to live and you said, well, um, you name a city you don't want to go back to and you think about how that, you know, your other kids, people say, how many kids you have? You go, well, I have uh, two and two. Two in the past life, two in this life. And, and it's, it's really different for you. Moses is 80 years old. Here's what you think about at 80. Stopping, parking, dying. That's what they tell you. You know, society, I'm 56. I'm amazed at people. Young people look at me now and they think, Wow. If I say, I'm 56, really? They go, wow. When were you born? 1958? Wow. I want to slap him or something. You know what I mean? It's not old, but to somebody born in 1970 or 80 or 90, you know. okay, 2000? <laughs> I mean, that's like way back. But I want you to think with me about how this guy at 80 years old 
is starting a new life. God has a dream for him. But I want you to notice what I call signs people have started dreaming. There there, there are things in this story that stand out to me in chapter 3. And the first thing I want you to notice is people that dream are actively engaged in the work before them. Say it again with me. Come on. They are what? Actively engaged in the work before them. That's the first thing. Verse uh, 1 of Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So here's a guy who's at work. His new job is sheep herding. He used to be in the house, you know, in the palace. That was his old job. That's the old life. You know, he was driving a Mercedes-Benz chariot. You know what I'm saying? He's wearing Sashi sandals. You know what I'm saying? That's the old life. Okay. This life, he's with sheep. Stick, sheep, get back in line, sheep. That's what he's doing now. Okay. So sometimes your new job doesn't reflect your potential. Sometimes your new salary range is not reflective of your ultimate potential. So so please understand, there's a season when you may go to a job that doesn't reflect your full potential, but that's where you need to stay. And people who dream are engaged in the work before them. This is what's before them, and so they do it well, because that's what they have. They don't have the old life. They can't go back to that, can't dwell on that. That's gone. Now I have a new life. Everybody say amen if you were with me. (laughs) Secondly, I noticed that they expect God to be waiting for them in the bushes of their work. People who dream believe God will meet them where they work. God came to the bushes where he worked. Please note this. Number one, he had to be at work. And God's plan was to meet him at work. Some of you think God's going to meet you someplace else. No, no. He's going to meet you at your job. He's going to meet you where you are. Listen to what the Bible said. It's important. Verse 2, Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. He goes to work. Imagine if he didn't go to work that day. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Hmm, odd. The bush is not being burned up. So what in the world is that about? Well, it's God meeting him at his job. It's God starting where he was, not where he wanted him to be. Here's a guy with the potential to lead three million people working with sheep. Stop being so bothered that you're not doing what you have the potential to do. So he's working with these sheep. But what's powerful is this next thing I notice about people who dream. They're curious and they want knowledge and clarity. (laughs) They're nosy. He wanted to say, what is that bush burning? What in the world is that? Now, he could have said, uh, that's none of my business. Not Moses. He wants to go see. Now, I want you to listen to this. This is so important. This is crucial, folks. Watch what happened. So he said, verse 3, then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. This is in verse 3 of Exodus chapter 3, why the bush does not burn. That's the question. This is not normal. I want to see why. Please notice what gets people's attention is the abnormal. You're abnormally happy. You're burning in the midst of a challenge. You should have been burnt out by now, but you're not. The bush does not burn up. It gets his attention. That's what pulls him in. What draws people in is when you are not dead yet. You survived. The bush does not burn up. Watch what happens. The Bible said, So when, verse 4, this is so important. Don't miss anything I've said. This is the one. 
So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him. God didn't call to him until he turned, until he was nosy, until he was curious, until he wanted to know. Nothing's coming until you want to know. Nothing's coming until you stop and turn, until you say, can I at 65 start a new career, you think? Let me check into that. Until you start seeking out, knocking on doors and trying, nothing's going to happen. God doesn't show up until you turn. Here's what he said. He turned, God called to him from the midst of the bush on the job. The stinky job you don't like. The place you want to call in and not go to work. God wants you to get up and go. And then this is what he said. Moses, Moses. He said, here am I. Here I am. Where I should be, on my job, God has met me. Here I am. I'm not spending my life looking and wondering in places in fantasy land. I'm about my life. The next thing that happens is Moses stands there, right? And the, the Bible says, he said, take off your shoes. People who dream understand key moments. They know when to take off their shoes. People who dream understand they can recognize moments. He said to him, draw near to me, draw near to this place, take off your sandals, take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand, you stand is holy ground. Moses, Moses, far enough. This, sir, is a take off your shoes moment. This, sir, is not a moment that comes every day. People who dream, groups who get it, understand where those holy moments are. They do. They understand this is sacred. This is special. Grandfathers, for example. Grandfathers understand that what they do at certain seasons affect everything for generations. Fathers, the key moments. I remember key moments in my son's life. When it was his first day of high school, first day, I promised that I would be there. They called me from South America and asked me to come and speak to 2,000 leaders. It was the first day of his school. And they said, we really want you to come. It's a really big event. And I looked at my calendar, and I said, I can't come. And they said, why? Well, I'm not going to tell you that. My schedule's tied up. I mean, what, what, what was so important was, and I remember, I remember when, he, when I drove him to school and he got out of the car and he said, um, I know you gave up a lot just to do this, just to drive me up here. I said, but um, thank you. It's a holy moment. It could never come back. Being in those games, every game, Every game, I turn down opportunities, I turn down money, I turn down, holy moment, take off your shoes. How many more holy moments have you missed? Are you missing now a moment, a sacred moment? 
In the middle of that argument, you're about to say something. The Lord says, take off your shoes. If you say that, you'll damage something. Take off your shoes. I knew the other day when they said that I was feeling grumpy, I knew I knew I needed to take off my shoes. I knew that there was something in that moment. Let me tell you, there's a, there, there are times I watch people miss it. See, grandparents miss it. I've missed it. In college, sometimes a freshman has no clue. This is a holy moment. It will never come again. Take off your shoes and do your homework. Focus your mind. Are you standing on a holy ground right now? Well, I pray you were blessed by today's message. Dreaming is important, and I hope you are one of God's people who will begin to dream. You know, it's so easy to get trapped and stuck and just lost in routine, but it's powerful when you can say, God, show me the next step. And when you begin to name what you want, begin to define the budget you want, the income you want, where you want to work, whose life you want to touch, how you want to make a difference in the world, it's a powerful dream. So thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.